Chad and Zay. All right, hour number three on this Friday. Hope you got a great Memorial Day weekend planned. We will be off on Monday, back on Tuesday. Thanks to the bosses for that. We hope your bosses have done the same for you. Either way, hope you have a great time with friends and family over the weekend. Uh, obviously, we've hit the big stories of the day. Eastern Conference Finals continue. Miami gets uh, gets whacked around again. Two games in a row now. Boston has really woken up. So it's still 3-2 Miami tomorrow night. They'll have a chance to close the door. Also, the big NFL story of the day is DeAndre Hopkins on the market. He'll be released by the Arizona Cardinals today. They've got to hit dead money, uh, about $22.6 million. They do save a little cap space there, but now we'll see what is a team willing to pay DeAndre Hopkins. What's he willing to take at age 30 to join an NFL team? So we hit that story today as well. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, and he gets us a beat to start every third hour. What do you got, Zay? Mr. Mad featuring Slim Thug and Young Star, H-Town song, Down South, Where I Stay, with my lane, hey, on the end of the MLK, H-Town Boy, you know, Swing and Bay. It's a classic, man. Did you Absolute say- Absolute classic. Did you say Mr. May? Mr. Mad. Mr. Mad. Yeah. My bad, my bad. It's a great beat. Oh, yeah, it's a jam. That is awesome. I just took y'all back. That was very good. I'm assuming dead on. I have not heard the song, but I'm sure it was perfect. Oh, yeah. Great song. I mean, I'm sure that great was. Great song. Perfect. Uh, all right. This is the week, after all, that I can now officially say that I've listened to the entire Illmatic album from Nas. We talked about that yesterday. Zay can now say he's seen The Last Boy Scout. Um, and thankfully, our next guest did not ruin The Last Boy Scout for Zay because Zay forgot the slight spoiler that our next guest threw in there. So everything was good. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. He is Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com. What's up, Ketch? I mentioned last week that there was a murder, but there's like 15 murders in that in that movie. So I just I think it was overstated. Whatever spoiler that I would have, you know. Mm-hmm. Slightly hinted towards. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But just know that Zay enjoyed The Last Boy Scout so much he watched it twice. Just understand that. How great is that? It's a great, it's a great bad movie. Chad, I, I have to ask you a question yes, sir. before you ask me a question. Yes, sir. Tina Turner. If we're talking, because I know that you had a thing for Tina. Absolutely. Like, way, way past retirement age, she was still, like, top five for you. Absolutely. If we're, if we're talking about her best song, there's, like, an instinctive Proud Mary thing, but can you really pick Tina Turner's best song and include that woman-beaten monster, Ike? Like, oh, doesn't that's... Proud Mary have to be second just out of principle? That's a, that's interesting. Uh, that's a, I could... I, I could agree with that kind of idea if you say proud mary's during the ike era so you want to take that off to the side i can understand and then i respect you, like, that catch. ike yeah you know like i said yeah. i said yesterday my favorite 
it may not be her best. My favorite is I Can't Stand the Rain. I've always been a big fan of that song. But, yeah, if you want to go What's Love Got to Do With It or, you know, or Simply the Best or, you know, some of the other stuff that she did as a solo artist, private dancer or whatever, that might pay a little more tribute. I think Tina would appreciate that if you left Proud Mary to, you know, away from the number one spot. F Ike. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yes. How do you get out of my system? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Yeah. No, we absolutely are. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about Tina the last couple of days, man. I, I'm. It's uh. Yo. Uh, yo. Catch. Yo. Catch. I feel you, man. I can't even look at Lawrence Fishburne the same, even as Morpheus <laughs> and my man in Boys in the Hood, just because he played Ike Turner so well. And what's love got to do with it? <laughs> And I have never been able to look at Angela Bassett the same way again either. The same yeah, way, yeah, in all the best yeah, ways, though. Yeah, in, the, yeah. in a one eighty from from Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, that that's one of the movies, and maybe it's the first time people learned it. But that's one thing you learn when they cast Angela Bassett. You are never going to forget it. Yeah, <laughs> ever, ever. I've watched Angela Bassett in movies that the movie might not be that great. The scene might not be. She's going to do everything she can to make you remember her. Well, Stella got her groove back Oddly, probably would have won awards if it was just called Stella never lost her groove. <laughs> it's Angela Bassett. She never lost it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oddly, she aged the same way or has aged the same way Tina Turner has. Yeah. yeah. That's a good comparison. You're right. It doesn't crack. No, it does not. In fact, that second Black Panther movie, it's pretty good. I wouldn't call it great, but she got nominated for an Oscar. And I know the scene because when I was watching it, I thought, oh, good Lord, somebody might want to call the Oscar folks because Angela Bassett's still a badass. No. And that was in a, you know, in, in a Wakanda movie. <laughs> rest in peace, Tina Turner, though. Yes, no doubt. Absolutely. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't do a segment with you without. We've, you and I have spent so much time in our lives talking about Tina Turner together that it would have been in poor taste not to acknowledge it from the beginning. Hey, I appreciate it. Yes, the queen of rock and roll will live on forever. Uh, just, uh, yeah, the cr- crazy story this week and uh, 83 incredible years for Miss Tina. All right, so, Catch, there's a couple things we could get into with you. We want to get into this NFL, an, a, kind of a side NFL discussion, but real quick uh, on this Texas baseball team, and then we'll move on because, man, that was, <laughs> that, was, that was some ugly on ugly in Arlington. Clearly they don't like playing in that stadium, uh, in the new place. They need to get some rest. They need to get healthy. Uh, what kind of regional do you think they're going get, to uh, get handed here? I'm assuming they don't get to host now. Where do you think they get sent? It seems like the committee likes to send them out west. I think there's been some projections to be the number two in the Stanford regional. It would make a lot of sense. I think Texas fans are kind of sticking their chest out about a week ago about hosting a regional. I think everybody understands what's what. So, you know, uh, I, I, I think as long as you don't get sent to an SEC regional, I think you're in pretty good shape. I think you have a chance. You know, you don't want to go to Fayetteville. You don't, you, you don't want to go, uh, I think, to some of the, the, the teams that out there that have proven uh, week in and week out that they're probably among the very elite teams in the country. Um, so, yeah, I, if Texas gets to Stanford Regional, what's really interesting about that is that maybe it also decides the Director's Cup because there's a certain amount of points that 
a team that makes a super regional gets versus a team that's only in a regional. And mm. it looks like that thing's going to come down to the very wire. Uh, what happens this weekend in softball matters. Stanford beating Duke. I didn't see the final score, but like three to one uh, in the in the sixth inning earlier today. And Texas obviously plays Tennessee uh, in the next hour or so. You know, so watching a lot of different things, but it would make sense, I think, to see them sent out to Stanford. And those two teams have played each other a lot over the years. So from a historical standpoint, it'd make for a fun weekend of baseball if Texas brings its non-Arlington game uh, out to Palo Alto. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can you speak on that non-Arlington game, but against Kansas and Kansas State, there was against Kansas the grand slam, and then Kansas State you give up five runs in the seventh inning. What did you notice in those two games in the Big 12 tournament that you didn't see against West Virginia when they swept them? That Texas sucked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> One weekend, they're bashing the brains out of West Virginia, and the next weekend, uh, they, they, they got – it was the opposite. You know, I, the thing is, is that this team, you think, has the bats to hang with anybody. I think it was really surprising that against, you know, the not the best teams in the Big 12, that they couldn't find – you know, if they lose 9-8 to eight in any of those two games, I think a Texas fan shrugs his shoulders and says, well, we've seen that before, the bullpen, this and that, and not enough pitching and late innings and all of those things. To not be able to manufacture offense was the surprising thing. And, look, if they go into regional play and they can't, they can't find that, then they, won't, they, won't, they might go 2-Q and Q in the regional. They, they have to swing the bats well to survive – uh, they got good starting pitching in Arlington. Um, you know, this, this, this team has to play well, and they just didn't. Uh, and even in the Big 12 tournament, when you're not playing the best teams in the Big 12, if you don't play well, you don't win. That may sound really easy, um, but sometimes it's like as simple as that. Like They just didn't play well enough to win. They get a chance to – you know what the good news is? <sighs> Now they can regroup. That will be a focused baseball team when they go to the regionals. And I think whatever team is hosting a regional and gets Texas, you know, they'll probably feel like, ah, couldn't we have gotten an easier number two in our regional? Because Texas is a couple of bad games away, I think, from being a one seed. So they're going to be one of the tougher number two seeds, I think, uh, in the tournament. Uh, and they're good enough on any given weekend to beat anybody and to win a series. Uh, but we saw this week, and I think maybe this team needed to be reminded of that. Man, if you, you have step at all, this thing can end pretty quickly, and that's, that's not what anybody wants. Talking with Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. All right, Ketch, I wanted to get your NFL thoughts on this. Zay brought up earlier, we've been looking at some chat GPT stuff out of the NFL. Somebody put in the search of the best defensive players of all time. I'm going to give you the top five. Tell me if you have any arguments. Their top five spit out uh, from five to one. Ronnie Lott, Dion, Butkus, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor. Do you have any arguments? Not really. I mean, Lawrence Taylor for me is number one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dion has to be on the list. I don't know. Butkus in the top five, 
I, I'm not going to argue against it, but um, I don't know that he would instinctively have been in my top five. Am I picking Dick Butkus over Ray Lewis? I don't know. Yeah, Ray Lewis uh, was six. Reggie yeah. White? What's that? Ray Lewis was six. Yeah, seven, I think. Seven, excuse and, me. Ray was seven. And then, you know, when I think of Reggie White, I think of Eric Williams just beating the crap out of him. <laughs> so, yes, you do. there's a part of me that it's like, well, if Reggie White's the second best defensive player of all time, is Eric Williams just the greatest football player of all time? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, catch! You're making a lot of Cowboy fans happy because that's that day was so good for so many reasons. But <laughs> Reggie White's inactiveness, Reggie White's like no stats in that game, is one of the great parts of that game. I mean, and he did it to Reggie White once. Eric Williams figured out that he could just beat the ever living crap out of Reggie White. That thing never changed again. It was. Yep. Uh, you know, there's a lot of thought that he chased Reggie White out of Philadelphia so that he wouldn't have to play his ass twice a season. Um, Eric Williams is just all, I mean, Reggie White's a f- phenomenal player. Um, I don't have a whole lot of problem with that top five. Yeah, that was an interesting discussion. Um, I threw out Mike Singletary's name, who didn't make the top ten. Um, the best, of, the rest of the top ten, by the way, was Mean Joe, Ray Lewis, Jack Lambert, Bruce Smith, and Rod Woodson. The only other name I had jotted down was Singletary that wasn't in there and was trying to make kind of an argument for that. We've had a couple other people texting us names, but uh, some uh, so some badass names there. So you're good with Ronnie Lott all the way up in the top five. I just had a question there. Like, I know Ronnie Lott was an absolute badass. Is he top five badass for you? I mean, he's got a, like half a finger that says so. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. He does. You're right. Yeah. And he's got all the rings. Like, I had this conversation all week long with, with fans everywhere. We're talking about best running back of all time. And, you know, like, the resume matters and rings matter and playing your best football in the biggest games of your life matter. When we talk about Vince Young is the best college quarterback that we've ever seen. It's not because like he did, he played great against lesser teams. It's that when the money was on the table, he performed in ways that mere mortals didn't. Uh, I think Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver of all time because He's got the numbers, he's got the rings, and he's got big game performances. Uh, Most of what I like about that top five is that it's full of players who, other than Butkus, who just was on a dormant team for his entire career, no offense Bears fans, most of those guys I think are renowned winners. Uh, And and, and I always tend to give the tiebreaker to to guys that play at the highest level in the biggest games and they've got stats, rings, and big game performances. And um, and those guys certainly had that. Dion certainly has that. Lawrence Taylor certainly has that. And even Reggie White certainly has that. So, yeah, yeah no, no issues with that. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm guessing you don't agree with ESPN's list on having Baker Mayfield the number one quarterback since 2000. Baker Mayfield, at his absolute best, was never better than Vince Young a day in his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an interesting list. Baker at one, then Cam, Vince, and Tim Tebow. That top four. We've been trying to and, and, and the thing about Cam, 
Cam plays in a national championship game against a pretty, for, you know, with all due respect to Oregon, they were not a great team playing in a national championship game. And Cam was very average in that national championship game. Vince Young, in the biggest games, wore a cape and was a superhero that could have been in the Avengers movies. That ain't Baker Mayfield. That's not Cam Newton. There are very few players in the history of college football that you would say, yeah, no, cast that guy as a superhero in an Avengers movie. Vince Young is one of them. These other dudes are mere mortals. Hmm. Well said. Yeah, like that one. Uh, Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. If you want to catch him on Twitter, at GK Ketch. And again, come Monday, we'll find out about the Longhorn baseball team and where they end up in a regional. Like Ketch said, there are some projections having them head out west. That Texas-Stanford thing might be a little too much for a committee to resist. Ketch, we always appreciate the time, brother. Have yourself a great Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. Uh, absolutely, fellas. Have a great one. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Thanks Catch. Good stuff there. Thoughts on the defensive side of things. And, uh, yeah, it's a good way to phrase it with Vince. We talked about the resume part with Cam. If you wanted to say the Heisman gives Cam Newton that edge, yes. But if you ask me about eyeballs, I'd put Vince over Cam. Yeah. Absolutely. Just the, the eyeballs of it. And then, like we talked about the other day, I'd go Tebow resume over Baker resume but I would. We didn't discuss this back and forth. I would go Vince over Cam if you're talking about just the freakishness of what each of them did. But you're asking me if I've got one drive and I don't know what else is going on. Who do I want? I'd take. I want Vince taking those snaps more than I want Cam. Yeah, there was a time where Cam Newton was stealing computers in college. <laughs> yes, Vince Young was doing true. none of that. He was Are winning you, Rose Bowls, multiple oh, Rose Bowls. So you're arguing for fast hands, just not as fast as Vince's yeah. on the field. <laughs> Yes. He had fast hands off the field. Off the field. Is yeah. what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great point that Catch made when you break everything down. The team Cam beat for a title versus the team Vince beat for a title. Now, that is a great way to break that yeah, tie. Not even close. If you believe it's a tie, that is an excellent way to break it. Because nobody spent a month and a half saying that that Oregon team was the greatest of all time. No. Nobody did that. No. And that's a team going for technically three in a row yeah now a lot of people who would argue cam would say vince young might have had one of the greatest rosters surrounding him of all time when it comes to teams that win a national championship of all the guys that can't be a little more carrying yeah a little bit more carrying while the horns had jamal charles as their number three running back yeah okay all right yeah just saying the team was really good yeah but you can't Watch that championship. Yeah, again, that's another good comparison. I think Catch made it well. Go watch those two championship games. Tell me who. Yeah. Tell me who's the guy that's carrying his team more. Oh, Vy, not yeah. even close. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. That that was earlier in the week. The uh, top uh, quarterbacks since two thousand. Top seventy five. If you want to go check that list out and get some conversation started, you can definitely do it that way. Up next, why today matters. May the twenty sixth. Looking into a long weekend. Uh, we got some big birthdays in the world of music to talk about. Plus a couple other things for you. Stay with us when we're done. Uh, it is Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge one more time this week. Hope you're having a great lead-in to your Memorial Day weekend. Keep it right here all weekend long on the horn.
Chad and Zay. Mercy. All right. Hope you're having a good Friday. Big, <laughs> big weekend coming. Big weekend coming up, Zay, for all the good people out there. <laughs> what is this song called? <laughs> is it called From the Window to the Walls or what's it called? No, Get Low. Get Low is the name of this song. Oh, my yeah. God. I would guess who this is, but I'm going to get it drastically wrong. I don't want that feeling going into the weekend. No, who? you got it. No, I don't. Tell me who it is. Lil John. Nope, that wasn't what I was going to say. What uh, were you going to say? I'm not telling you. You have to say no, it. No, I know. I was not going to say that, though. I'm glad I didn't guess. Lil John, Yin Yang Twins, Get Low. Okay. It's a club classic. A lot of women have twerked to this. It's such a great little hook. Yeah. That little bang. Well, man, that's just unforgettable. Unforgettable stuff. Uh, Lil John, uh, Gloria Estefan, Jackson Brown, 38 Special, Wang Chung have all been a part of the show. The Mr. Mad Beat to get us started. You said that's Houston related, yes? Yes, H Town. Out of H Town earlier in the show. We hope you're having a good Friday. Long weekend coming for a lot of folks. Uh, and we are among them. We don't have a show on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. We appreciate the bosses for that. Unfortunately, no Texas baseball this weekend. But Monday, remember, we will know the selection show. What happens then, we'll know what the regionals are. Coming up here about 3 o'clock is when Texas softball gets cranked up in Tennessee trying to get through the Super Regionals. They play at 3 today. They play at 2 tomorrow. Those will be on 105.3 The Bat. If they need to play Sunday, still don't know exactly what time that'll be. That'll be you know with all the... TV networks and how the rest of the uh, the bracket rolls. So uh, you can keep track of that um, over there. Obviously, check out hornfm.com for all the stuff over the weekend. And Monday would also be the selection show, if you will, the bracket set uh, for the Women's College World Series if Texas gets by Tennessee. So Monday will be a big day for all of that. Show them who the real UT is, ladies. There it is. A lot of orange. A lot of orange. If you're an Aggie, you probably shouldn't go to Knoxville this weekend. That's not going to be your place. Yeah. A lot of U's, a lot of T's. They're all capitalized and orange everywhere. Mm. Just hell for an Aggie this weekend. Yeah, y'all already don't know how to act right, so. How dare you? Be careful. How dare you? Were they worse than those Texas State baseball fans earlier in the year? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think they were fighting people. That's the Or trashing cars and stuff. It's sad that that's the bar right now, but hey, what what are you going to do? All right, so let's get into a little Why Today Matters. We'll hit a little NBA and some NFL. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right. So DeAndre Hopkins has been released by Arizona. According to the information I'm looking at here, Arizona saves $8.15 million in cap space, but they have to eat a dead cap hit of $22.6 million. Dollars. So, Zay, I'm looking at a list of highest paid wide receivers for 2023. Tyreek Hill sits on top at $30 million. Good Lord. $30 million a year for a receiver. That's, 
That's got to make Jerry Rice mad. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Devontae Adams, $28 million is second, and DeAndre Hopkins was basically sitting at third at $27.3 million. So he's been released. 30-year-old DeAndre Hopkins. What's reasonable here? What's fair? Because if you get him all the way down to around $20 million, that's like back into the top 10. DJ, that's still hefty. DJ Moore makes $20.6 million this year. That's 10. See, and, that, and this is where the pride comes in. When you see names like that, DeAndre Hobbs is going to say, I know I should make way more than guys like DJ Moore who don't yeah. have any skins on the wall in the National Football League. I tell you what, let's play that game. Okay. Is he better than? Well, let's leave Hill and Adams out of it because they're yeah. number one and two. Mm-hmm. Okay, below him. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, like 1,800 yards this season. Right. Is DeAndre Hopkins better than Cooper Cup? No. He's number four. A.J. Brown? No. Stephon Diggs? No. D.K. Metcalf? Yes. Okay. Debo? No. I agree. Terry McLaurin? Yes. Yeah. And then D.J. Moore's 10? Yeah. So better than a couple of those guys. So I, the, that comment we read earlier from Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram of maybe the discussion could be had for around $20 million, are the Cowboys or another team willing to go to that neighborhood? Like, would he say no to 15? Would he think about 18? And would he definitely say yes to 20? Is that kind of the discussion I mean, for Hopkins? Was, he would say yes to 20, but all those quarterbacks that he wants to play with, he's going to have to take less money because they already yeah. have deep rosters where they have to pay a lot more other guys who weren't even looking at DeAndre Hopkins before today. It wasn't like people were seeking out wide receivers still. It's just he became available, and obviously somebody as good as him, that will help any team, but... They're going to have to find a medium because DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to have to swallow a lot of pride if he wants to play with a Super Bowl contender. If one of these five, if you missed it earlier, he listed five quarterbacks he'd play for. One of them was Josh Allen. Imagine him and Diggs on the same team. Yeah, with Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, who they just drafted. Good Lord. Uh, He mentioned Hurts. Imagine him and A.J. Brown and the cat from Bama. Yeah, Devontae Smith. Oh, my God. Uh, Swift. Swift, he mentioned Mahomes, him, and Kelsey, and is Juju still there? No, he's gone. It? Juju's in New England. They still ha- have Kadari- Hardman. Yeah, No, he's gone, too. No, he's gone, too. They still have Kadarius Tony, to- Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco. They could really okay. use him. Maybe they, they could. They could Maybe use him. I that's mean, it. it's Patrick Mahomes, you know, but yeah. why um, not? He mentioned Lamar Jackson, so imagine that group they've got, Odell Beckham Jr. with him. Mark Andrews, the youngster from Boston College, Zay Flowers, yep. plus who's the guy in the middle? Uh, uh, Aguilar. Aguilar's Aguilar, there. Devin Duvernay. Duvernay's still there, right? I, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, that would help him really fill in, and he could absolutely feel like he might still be a one with that group. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Justin Herbert. Imagine him and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and that crew. And is it still – who's that tight end out there? That's not still Hunter Henry, is it? No. He's moved on. Oh, God. They got a he decent one, a don't single they? No, yes, he has a single-digit Ingram maybe. I don't know. Y'all Melvin Ingram. Me did Melvin go out there from the Giants? Or did – am I thinking? They got a, they got not a Melvin solid, Ingram. No, not, not Melvin Ingram. Evan, uh, yes. Evan Ingram. Yeah, that might be it. Evan Ingram? That might be it. Is I don't he, know for sure. Is he out there now? I always liked Evan Ingram. The uh, the cat from Ole Miss. So somebody just said the Patriots. And the first thing I thought about was no, – no, no. Evan's Jacksonville. My, my okay. bad. My bad. 
So the first person I thought about with the Patriots was Bill Belichick and DeAndre Hopkins not necessarily being a Patriots guy, but this was a team that brought Randy Moss on the squad once upon a time. And remember, Randy Moss and all his shenanigans in Minnesota and then the couple of down years, even though he had 1,000-yard seasons in Oakland, and then when he got to New England, it worked. But Tom Brady was there. Tom Brady, Mac Jones, two completely different quarterbacks. So it's a different situation, but hey, if the Pats want to, you know, deal with that, and Bill Belichick is cool with that, and you're gonna have an angry DeAndre Hopkins when he's not getting the ball, like we saw on Hard Knocks mm-hmm. this season, him go to the sideline and him just basically bitch out Kyler Murray, and they go back and forth like, "Bro, what's going on?" And Kyler Murray's like, "Dude." I'm looking for you. Get off my back. <laughs> You're going to have those moments with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care if he's in a Patriots uniform or not. So if you're willing to deal with that, bring him on. Yeah. But DeAndre Hopkins, is it's not like he's the easiest guy to deal with. That's fair. That's fair to bring up. Now, uh, I'm checking a depth chart here for the Chargers. Gerald Everett, pretty good tight end, but I guess they don't have a badass tight end right now. Somebody reminded us on the text line, though, Quentin Johnston from – TCU, they did draft him. Ah, okay. That's that's yeah. They're not they're not wasting their time. Adding to that wide receiver receiver group. That yeah, he's on that rookie deal. They're not going to waste their time. That might not be the fit for DeAndre Hopkins. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, over the weekend, we are going to get maybe the end of the Eastern Conference Finals. So Zay, now that we're to this point, I'm going to tell you Miami wins tomorrow night because it will officially make my prediction correct. I pick Miami in six. So we're right here to Miami in six. I'm not going away from it. But you are the one that said you felt that Celtics thing when it started to turn. Do you think it's going to completely turn? Yeah, and this is Miami's best chance to do it. The fact that Gabe Vincent is out kills them. It kills them. I would, if I'm Eric Spolstra, I'd really consider benching Kyle Lowry and starting maybe Duncan Robinson and telling Jimmy Butler, hey, you're going to be the point guard tonight. You're going to be the point guard. You're going to be making all the decisions, creating for guys, and be prepared to play the full 48 because that's what it might take to not go back to Beantown. I said the Celtics in seven, and I'm going to stick with that. I think the Celtics found something. Mm -hmm. And, again, when you play a team multiple times over and over again, it's like having a team in your division in football. You just become used to it and kind of used to how guys operate and how they move. The Celtics have become used to how Jimmy Butler likes to score and what he likes to do. He likes to get you in the paint, and he'll throw around multiple pump fakes, and everybody's been biting on it from the first two series, from Drew Holiday and the Milwaukee Bucks biting on it, from the New York Knicks, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and those guys, they were biting on it, and then the Celtics were the first three games. They have stopped everybody. Everybody's been very disciplined and staying with Jimmy Butler, not allowing him to draw fouls and get to the line because he's been averaging 10 free throws a game. These last two games, he hasn't gotten up to 10. Maybe in game four he might have, but it took you know 21 shots to get that 29 points. And then Bam Adebayo's really been struggling. Shout out to Al Horford. I've been giving Al Horford hell when we talk about him. He has not been good, especially shooting the ball. These last two games, game four and five, he's been really good defensively. So has Robert Williams. And then you've got to give Joe Mazzula credit for all the crap that he's been taking. Oh, he's not M.A. Udoka. He's the reason why they've been losing. He's the reason why they've been inconsistent. 
These last two games, they found something. I think they're going to take that momentum into Miami. I think those guys, Marcus Smart and Derek White, have found their shooting stroke. And if you get Jalen Brown still being aggressive where he could give you something, you know, even if it's 16 points or something along with those three-point shooters, because we found out with Malcolm Brogdon, he has that torn you know, tendon in his elbow. So he's done. That does explain what's been going on. It makes so much more sense. Yeah, he's done. You can't really play him anymore. And remember, Joe Mazzula didn't play Grant Williams in game one. I think that might come back to haunt them if Miami ends up winning the series because Grant Williams has been great the rest of the series from when he got into it with Jimmy Butler and they were locking heads and stuff. Everybody blames him for that. He was the only one that brought life to that Boston Celtics team. And he's kind of given them life for multiple games, knocking down shots, guarding Jimmy Butler in uh, different situations, guarding Bam out of bio, Kevin Love. The defense has been great for the Celtics, and I think they're going to get this game. I think they're going to get this game and go back to Beantown for a game seven. 27 minutes for Williams in that last game. Game six will be tomorrow night, 7.30 on TNT. Maybe a little more on that. Also, this DeAndre Hopkins story, a big story today. We'll get you stems and seeds, and then we'll get you off the ball, don't lie, with Rod and Harge. A uh, little bit more going today. Get you off to, uh, to ball, don't lie. And then remember, uh, by Monday, we will know the regional setup for Texas baseball so you just keep it right here so, and we'll let you know did you see uh the ball don't lie crew with the when they were over you know with the gamblers rocking their cowboy hats and stuff mike and rod i did not see the cowboy hat version they look smooth i can imagine they look good they look smooth dude i've never seen hards wear a hat that i thought looked dumb on him yeah he he wears hats well now even though they look smooth they did look like a ghetto version of Brokeback mountain but it worked it worked that's the first thing I thought of, and Damn. you know, my mind just out of control. But they were smooth. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rod, you pulled off the cowboy hat very well. Hard, mm-hmm. you did too. Just you yeah. know, it looked like a two B version of Brokeback. <laughs> That's all. It's okay though. They rocked it. Okay, they pulled it off. Fair enough. Yeah, you think those two could act as well as Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal <sighs> if they needed to? Man, I don't know. That was a high-level performance for those two. It really was. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. (laughs) All right, coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds, and then we'll be done on the horn. Chad and Zay. I got a big stash pocket full of cash. Just seen a big old. He's got a big what? What happened? Almost done with a Friday, long weekend on the way. Um, no, I didn't hear much of it, but it kind of. Now there's two voices going on. Did that first voice was that first voice ludicrous? There we go. Okay, Mr. Boy, you'll be seeing them again this weekend, which is an absolute joke. But hey, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am going to see Fast 10 again. How dare you? It was that good. It was that good. We could go over the list of the movies I've seen twice in the theater, but it will not It will not make me look very good. I don't think there's a lot on the Oscar list that I've done that for. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. One that immediately comes to mind is Dumb and Dumber. Let's just say. Oh, man. That's the level of movie I will go see twice in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be checking out Ludacris and Dom and the crew. Tyrese and everybody. Everybody's looking good in this movie. I mean, looking real good. Charlie Theron looks incredible. Oh, of course. I mean, Michelle Rodriguez is always looking good. 
Her hair looks really nice in this one. And they've even got um, uh, oh, Rita Moreno plays his mom. Huh. They've never, I don't think we've ever even dealt with Dominic Toretto's mother. She shows up. You know, Rita Moreno is 90. Wow. And she still looks incredible for 90. They have a nice little moment. Spoiler alert, he hugs Rita Moreno in the movie because it's his mom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. And she knows once he leaves that door, there's a huge possibility that he could die, but probably not. Because he tries to solve every problem yeah. by driving through it. Yes, exactly. That's what Dominic Toretto does. All right, uh, just about done on this Friday. It is so weird not to be talking about the setup with Longhorn Baseball. I can only imagine what you're feeling as Longhorn Baseball fans. You're supposed to be playing right now. Craig Way's supposed to be doing stuff right now. Zay, he looks like a lost dog earlier as he was walking out of here because he told me hey this is the first time I can remember other than a vacation first time I can remember in forever having three straight days I could sleep in wow it's just freaking him out yeah Craig is the ultimate he's got to be doing something guy yeah he does not if he's going to sit around and do nothing he needs to schedule sitting around and doing nothing so uh he's gonna try to find something to do yeah Craig rest that voice man I want you. You got to wonder if the wife's got a list this weekend. Of, mm, wife, yeah. wife, kids, family members, everybody that knows Craig is like, all right, <laughs> let's see. We don't have many free weeks. Craig told free me days. Craig said he was going to meet for lunch sometime. Let's make it now. We hope Craig has a great weekend. We hope all of you do as well. And remember, Texas baseball on Monday. We find out where they'll be sent for a regional, probably. Put Palo Alto kind of on top of that list. It looks like there will be no hosting for Texas, obviously, with the regional. uh, Maybe Stanford, maybe somewhere else. And let's see if anybody other than Dallas Baptist gets in from the state of Texas. And not that many Big 12 schools. I think Oklahoma State might get to host. But outside of that, not sure how many Big 12 schools are going to get to host either. We'll see what that uh, bracket looks like when we get back on Tuesday. It will be announced on Monday. Also, softball just about to get cranked up against Tennessee. 3 o'clock today, scheduled time. 2 o'clock tomorrow, Sunday, to be announced if they need it for an if-necessary game. All right, let's get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AB Consultations, 255-8678, or go to abconsultations.com. Zay, after these two wins for Boston, do you think it's finally time for Eric Spolstra to listen to the fans, break the glass, and pull the pin? Is it time to start Udonis Haslam? Your thoughts? Oh, hell no. No? No. Eight minutes? Absolutely not. Udonis Haslam shouldn't ever play. Five, he should have been out the league five years ago. Five quick minutes just to make Al Horford laugh. <laughs> the fact that Pat Riley and Eric Spolster are keeping them on the roster and somebody out there that's playing overseas, that's grinding, deserves to be on the NBA roster and Udonis Haslam is mucking that up for him really grinds my gears. I don't like that one bit. I can't stand. All he does is yell and get mad and give motivational speeches that so maybe they work, maybe they don't, but the whole vet thing is really overrated, especially for somebody like him. You got to be an Al Horford or a Kevin Love vet where you actually play, and you're old too. He's just old and not playing. 42. 42 for you. become a coach. No. Make up a coaching spot for him. And, like and, He doesn't have to be on the roster. And why does he wear a hood all the time? What is going on with that? It's a weird I don't look. get that either. It's a strange look. Yeah. I don't get that either. It's hot in those gyms. Mm-hmm. What is he doing? I don't know. Dude, take that hood you, down. You can't say you're trying to stay warm because you're going to go in soon. It can't be that take. 
So what is it? Why why does he wear that hood? Yeah. Oh my god. Jeez. Nowadays I understand a lot of the young folks like wearing the hoods. I see that when I'm picking my daughter up from school or whatever. A lot of kids, even in hot weather, they like wearing the hoods. They do. He's 42. I don't know. Come on, you. What are we doing? Uh every time I see him on the bench, I think about you. I'm like, what happens? What would Zay do if they put Haslam in right now? Pat Riley is the goat of all goats from being a GM to a coach, and he was a decent player. This is the worst move he's ever done in NBA history, keeping you down as Haslam <laughs> on the end of the bench. Woo, tomorrow night, 7.30 on TNT is game six of that series. Stars stayed alive last night, so they'll try to keep, uh, keep it going this weekend and not have Vegas get to the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll be back on Tuesday. We may have an NBA Finals and a Stanley Cup Finals set by that time. Everybody have a great long weekend. Again, thoughts always going out to those men and women who paid the ultimate price. Memorial Day weekend coming up. Have a great time with your friends and family. Stay safe. We'll be back on Tuesday. Keep it right here on the Horn.